We left off two weeks ago at the beginning of this very crucial uh, chiddush. Happens to be brought down in Bayel Moshe, Maimer Shalosh Fuas and Satmarov. I already got a few uh, emails about some of the uh, things we said in the introduction, which doesn't surprise me. Again, this says nothing to do with Satmar per se and everything to do with shot in not only the parak we're in, but all of Malachim. A very central question. Who has the status of a king? Who has the right to act as king in terms of the Kol Amar, Parshas Malach, Malach Mutabai or not? We saw, I believe, even the final shot in Tesis, even the Gemara, Rav Shmuel, everybody agrees that you can have a status of a king, and the question is the extent of the powers. Uh, Rob does not hold when he says Kalama Pashas Melach and Melach Mutaboy that he doesn't have a status of a king. And he also doesn't hold that he can't tax and run the government. The question is to what extent? We pass like Shmuel that the powers are very, very wide and varied. And Tesis therefore asked, why is it that Novus had the right to say no? Why was Achav killed for getting rid of him or agreeing that Izevel should get rid of him? And we saw that most of the answers said it was circumstantial. He wanted it for a vozar. He wanted to ask the right way. He asked for a field that was too valuable. And the last Territ said that it's only on a king that's a melech al kol Yisrael, Yehuda and Yisrael. And Me'esam Akam and Achav was neither. So one would get the distinct impression from that answer that Achav didn't have a status of king at all. Satmarov over here argues very forcefully and with a raya that it's uh, difficult to slug up. We didn't see the raya yet, so uh, I'll show you what it is today, Mr. Shem. And he reads into the Pesukim as well that Achav had a mandate from Akash Baruch Hu to be king. It did not have a mandate to do a varazara, spread a varazara, marry Zevil, any of the above. The reason the Satmar was writing this is because he's trying to address the fact that there are people that say that the government today in Israel, despite the fact that they might not be from, and they might be Rishonim, and some of them, all of them, uh, how can they be worse than Achav? And the Satmarov says that it's clear from the Navi, and will be clear from the Yerushalmi. And there's no Babli that's chelik. As soon as somebody hears the word Yerushalmi, they say, yeah, it must be the Babli argues. You need a Babli for that. So he doesn't know of a Babli, and as I mentioned the Agdama, one thing you can't Deny is the uh, Satmarov's awesome and incredible Bikiyas and Harifus in not only Shas and Peskin, but Tanakh, which we'll get a glimpse of today. And he says that he had a status of a king and he didn't use it the right way. And perhaps uh, Tesis, even in the final terrace, is just limiting his powers based on that not the fact that he wasn't mandated by the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Where the mandate is, we're going to search today in your second copy, in Malachim Aleph Perik Tezayin. That's a piece of history from this year, which we will go through. I want to first show you the Raya, so turn to the El Moshe first. And we will start in paragraph 2, Ais Kuf Lamed Gimel. Mavur Ay Shalmi. Melech has a special carbon. Unlike the individual, he brings a different carbon only, of course, if he is halachically a king. And the Yushalmi over there says, 
Luchud means specifically focused on which kings? Ad, Yehu ben Nimshi, Yehu and the four generations he was promised, which we just finished over the last couple of months. Yehu started off at Tzaddik. He was certainly following the mandate of the Navi to wipe out the former Malucha of Rishon. He did so in an excellent way. Unfortunately, he went off, his kids went further, and only because he's promised four generations did they survive at all. And we just finished a few weeks ago in this year of that fourth generation, and the Radak pointed out the only reason they were king is because of that promise. See, Shami says, Belochud, second line, Adyeu ben Nimshi, my taima, benay, revim, yeshulacha, kise Yisrael. Mikan ve'eluch. See, Shami, these exact words. Mikan ve'eluch, belistaya, hayu, neitlin, isa. Everything after that was listus, thievery, Ritzicha, that's what's going on right now. Assassination after assassination. Not that they didn't have cheshbenes. Don't picture your average bloodthirsty uh, would-be Roman emperor who stabs the former one just to be able to have some power. Even though it sounds like that. They had a cheshben and they felt this is best for Klai Yisrael and they were misled by their Avodazar Yetzirah and their nationalistic intentions and they didn't have a focus at all or any das terror on what Klai Yisrael should be doing. And I will get back to that Barichas in a few months because when we get down to the final Malucha, even Hosea, who was uh, not as bad as the other kings, still an uh, open of Avodazar, he's the one who took the guards away finally from Kfish Aleph going to Yushalayim and told them they can go Ali Laregel. So that was the only uh, positive thing. And then they all went into Gullus. So we'll have to address that in due time, not now. But uh, in terms of the groupings, he wasn't the worst of them. What were they all thinking? He also assassinated the one before to become king. What were they thinking? So Dasefim points out they all had what they thought was a positive agenda, what's going to be good for the Jews and good for the Yisraelites, and how to fix this thing up. And they fought wars, brave wars, against the enemy. They didn't want to go into Gullus. They hung on. And they fought tooth and nail not to go into Gullus. Sounds very nationalistic. The problem is there was one thing they could have done instead of fighting bloody wars they couldn't win. It's called tshuva. I know that's easier said than done. But can you imagine? The option to do tshuva is less palatable to them than fighting wars they knew deep down could not be won. It happened to Bayashani also. We're starting the three weeks soon. This is very apropos. We had the Beryanim and Sekrikim and uh, all sorts of interesting people <coughs> fighting the same ridiculous battle for Bayashani. Abiyachem and Zakai and all the other Tanam told them it was futile. If you don't do tshuva, you're fighting for a Besamitish, which is an empty shell, and it's not going to work, which is why he will say, This is what the three weeks are all about. And. Uh, can you imagine how hard it must be to change your ways if you're willing to get killed rather than face that possibility? That's what's going to happen in the Navi over the next uh, number of prokim. The silver lining will be that we will, uh, of course, always jump back and forth to Malchi Yehuda, Malchi Yisrael. We still have some special people coming in Malchi Yehuda, just so you know. It's not going to be all depressing over the next uh, year or so. And uh, unfortunately, again, not coincidental, in the three weeks we're still going to be on the disaster that's unfolding in, in Yisrael. So the Yashami says. Just a question. Yes. Uh, this, this statement about the FDA, the least in the 
Yes, only Malchus Yisrael. That's what I'm saying. We're only going to be focused on Malchus Yisrael now. And here the Yushami says for the first and only time, these kings that we're learning about right now, the parak we're in, did a start the assassination after assassination. Some of the Malchus in the last two years and ten years, but it's all listed despite their noble intentions, not that they were tzaddikim, they were sharm, but despite if you'd interview them, what they're trying to do for the Jewish people, totally misled and uninformed, but they're plain listim. They didn't even have a status of a king. That means, the Yishalmi says, please, it's not diak. Until then, they had a status of a king. That includes Achav. This is no longer the Satmarov's Chiddush. This is the Yishalmi. That means that do what you want with Achav. You can't compare him to, I don't want to quote names, but the uh, present day uh, dignitaries or lack thereof who are uh, running the government uh, without any mandate at all. Unless you, of course, hold it's us, hold it's Gula, and everybody has a mandate, but that's, we discussed that Shabbos afternoon at length. Can we take it from the other perspective that... As I was as waiting as for you to say that. It happens to be, unfortunately, uh, when they came to power and it was, they felt it was necessary, they killed lots of people internally. Ben Gurion is no different. I don't know if he's worse or better. He did what he had to, what he felt he had to do, not what he had to do, killing people physically and certainly uh, taking thousands of people and kidnapping them and, and annihilating them spiritually. That's not any better than Achav and the Satmarov makes the point from this Yushalmi. Not only is it not better, it's worse because nobody even started off with an amended. That's that's an important Yushalmi says this. You, you can. We, we could discuss uh, possible chilukim, but the, it's not really Nogeva here because what's important for our Novi is that we have people who did terrible things here. And what's so horrible now is assassination after assassination. The Yishambi says, now it's Lustus. Beforehand it wasn't. As bad as uh, Achav was and the damage that he and his not-so-wonderful Aishas Chayel did. Yes, Yaakov, you had your... That's, that's why I went through the whole Tesis, because Tesis is discussing the level of Kol Omer, Parshish Melech, Melech Mutterboy, what are the extent of his powers, not if he has the status of a king. And it's Muchruch, because when you look back, once you figure that out, you look back at the Gemara, Robert Shmuel sounded like, you read the Gemara quickly, it's never a good idea, they're arguing whether he has the status of a king. That can't be the Machlekes. Rabbi Shmuel both agree there was a Melech. Shailiz, Kaloba, Parshish, Melech, Melech, Mutabonah. How far do the powers go? And I don't think Rav means zero and Shmuel means a hundred because a king has to be able to tax. He has to be able to raise an army. He has to to, Rav has to agree with that. Even though it sounds like from the Gemara, he doesn't. But that's impossible. How did Rav picture a king running the kingdom? The question is, uh, to what degree? And Tesis, therefore, was also discussing to what degree. And unless you want to learn, you can't have Machlick as Tesis in the Yishalmi. You have to learn that Tesis has a Babli somewhere that's arguing in the Yishalmi, which there aren't too many Gemaras on this. This is the main Gemara. We Paskin like Shmuel, Kalom, Parshas Mela, Melech, Mutabai, and we have many other Tirutsim to answer up. To say it's Machlick as a Babli in the Yishalmi, you have to say it's Muchlick the Babli's arguing. This is the last Tyrus and Tyson. All the other two of them say not so. So what would push Tyson to say this? Yes. I don't think that's the discussion. That, that, that was the Chiddush over here. I don't think it's a Chiddush. It's just that we were, we were pressed to look, look back at Tyson again and see, and then look back at the Gemara again and see if this can't be the Machalikas.
So again, the Yishami says, third line, my taima b'nei revim yesh v'chal kisi Yisrael mikam ve'el belistia ha'yonot l'nasa. Pirish ha'penei Moshe, if you weren't sure what the Yishami meant, look at the penei Moshe on the Yishami. Adairis shel yehu shamolcho acharov. Not just yehu, but the three or four deris afterwards. Remember we had a machlekes how far this promise went for his descendants. Yesh l'am din melech. Avalach adairis shamolcho yehu Balistias Hayanitlinasav Lahaya Lahem Din Melech. Matam, Khlaimer, Afa Pishigam Yehuharigiz Yerim, Malach Tachta, Nu Yehu also assassinated somebody to become king. Shiny Asam has different Shapia Dibrahaya. Now that I wasn't surprised about because the Pusses Beferish, Anavi was sent him and told him to wipe out the base of Malucha, Bizabansa Rasham, and Hashem is out of patience, Kaviyachal. And that was clear in the Pesach. Mavur b'zeh sha'achav v'chol ha'malachim sha'achakach ad'achah zara sha'yehu ha'yulam din melech. Pretty clear from the Yishami. They all had a din of a melech to whatever extent the powers of the melucha went. Yan sh'nesmanu kedas ayyadeh neviyim. They were appointed by neviyim. Now that's the part I'd like to look for and we'll search together. I don't see any preferish Pesach that says that Achav or Omri, his father, were appointed directly by a Navi. Yehu is clear. The Navi was sent, again, a Navi was sent by Elisha to go quietly into a room, lock the door, and tell him what you have to say and run for your life. And let him take care of the rest. And that's exactly what happened. So that we know. We learned that here not that long ago. I thought maybe perhaps it was a Pusik from our Shir from five years ago. So we looked back and we'll look back together. And I'd like to see in the Pasig where the Yushalmi would learn that there was a direction from Anavi to take the Malucha, and that he wasn't a Stamalistim, and he wasn't a Ratzeach. The present rulers, Shavadai, who neged at Teresena, Kadesha, Bisurim, Chamurim, Venarim, Shainlem, Din, Malucha, Klal, Amariah, Ma'achav. Therefore, what in the world does this have to do with Achav? The Malche Akum, Shalokiblu, Sateris. So many people ask, well, is it worse than the Turks and the British mandate? And they have a din of a. No, so he says, yeah, they're not bound. They have no mandate to be setting up a government in Etisal, Piteresena, Kadesha. They're Goyim. They have Zion Mitzvahs, and they have to run a kingdom, and they have a right to do whatever they want, wherever they want. So do the, do the Jews that are inhabiting Eretz Yisrael, do they have to follow this Turkish rule? Pashtas, yes. With the Dinah, the Malchus, the even if they're being oppressed and killed? Everybody always quotes this Ran, that the reason they don't have to follow Dinah, Malchus, the is the Ran says that the whole Makar is because the Melech owns the land. That was the theory of government until very recently. And you're a um, tenant, He's the landlord. If you don't follow the rules, he can make whatever rules he wants and get out of my building. So if that's true, you don't have to follow it, not on the Turks, the British, the Babylonians, the Persians, or the Zionists. Whether they be religious or not, you wouldn't have to finish unless they have a mandate of king. That Ran is questionable whether we possibly like it because there are many makaris for the Chiv to follow the Mufasadina. The going on our Gemara with this thesis with Kalam and Pashtim but he says the Makar is this Gemara. These Psukim, we pass like Shmuel, and it's the Dindaraisa based on these Psukim, not because the Melachon is the land, it's a completely different reason. And if that's true, and that's the, uh, one of the most famous Makaris, then it only applies if you have a Din of a Melach. And that's, I think, where the Satmarov is going with this. The, um, one of the Sukhis we have coming for Shabbos afternoon. 
glad at least that will be on Shabbos afternoon. There's a very uh, fascinating shayla, which will be uh, a sugi not only about what was going on in Yisrael then, but about Chesha uh, Mishpat sugi we haven't spoken about yet, and that is the role of uh, labor, labor unions, and the rights of employees in halacha. It's a, a big sugi, an important sugi. It was very nogay in America. As usual, the Yidin were in the forefront of that fight in the 1920s and 30s in this country. You know, the pictures of the women, of those are all Yiddish mamas. From, not from, not yet from, once from, but whatever. It was a very Jewish movement because uh, the Jews were immigrants and uh, they needed rights. Um, we're not discussing correct or incorrect right now. We'll save that for this year. But it came up at Eitz Yisrael in a big way before Hakamas Medina already. And the Shailas, there's some fascinating Chuvas in the Chaznish, Rabbi Hanar and absolutely fascinating the Machlikas that was going on then with the Palei Agudas Yisrael, in Eitz Yisrael. Uh, fascinating. It's not, uh, none of this is politics. This is all halacha and sugyas. And the question is, they had a very, very fierce contention that the owners of the farms in the Pardesim could only hire Jews, which is what they were doing. And when they didn't, they had basically what we would, what we're familiar with in America on the... Um, crossing picket lines and the like, and it got very contentious. And there was a machlekes um, then, Chaznish, or Machan and others, whether it's mutter. Can you hire a guy? It was half price. The Arabs were half price. And there were Jewish owners that wanted to hire a guy. Absolutely fascinating. It's going to take us to where, when we finish the Chilazim, and a few other smaller items, we'll get to that. that that'll be a sugya coming up. That was under the British mandate. Part of the discussion over there is, well, what did the government have to say? Uh, the short answer will be not much. They only came when they, when they called the police, and even then it took them a while. And they weren't really that interested in getting involved. The British in general, as that's why ultimately they left after um, they explained it to them that they should leave. That's another sugya. But um, they weren't that interested in... Uh, getting overly involved in the locals in terms of their machlekesim, uh, which is unusual for a government, but that's why it happened. It was a British mandate that wasn't really their country, and they didn't really care too much, as opposed to the American government will get very involved in labor movements. Um, whatever side they take is uh, part of the history of it, but uh, it's not that they uh, were at least been interested, which is part of the issue over there. The mandate was the same as the Malthus? They were the ruling government then. Zemashesh, the Umas Ailam gave it to them. They got it after World War I. Is that correct? So, you know, it's a government like any other government. They divided Europe after World War I. It didn't, the map didn't look uh, remotely similar to what it was beforehand. They broke up the Austro um, Hungarian Empire, and, they, and they, there were a lot of things that happened, major changes. Was it temporary? In hindsight, pretty temporary. Was it a government? It was a government. Well, what's the status of like, a puppet government when the Babylonians? So a puppet government has the status of whatever the ruling, conquering agent. We're going to have a lot of that over here. As a matter of fact, Hosea, who the last king, will be a puppet of Melech Asher for a while till he rebels. And we're going to... So in that case, it's a Jewish king, but... Irrelevant, yeah. A Jewish king, but uh, the, the ruling government was Asher at that point. So it's as if it's not a Jewish ruler. Yeah. Agrippus was this problem. Agrippus had no right to be king by Shani because he was from Avadim, who had just took over, and there was nobody left from Machus Chashmanam. And Machus Chashmanam didn't really have the right to be king either. And the famous Maisa, which the Gemara says was 
nice in terms of trying to make somebody feel good and pretty horrible in terms of the Hanifa, was that he started reading in one fine hakil after Shemitah, and uh, he was sort of crying because he got up to the Pasuk that you have to have a king mikervachecha. He was a good guy, and he started crying because he knew he wasn't king. And they made the fatal mistake of telling them uh, telling him, uh, don't worry, Achinuata, you're one of us, Gavaldi. They were so happy to have somebody who wasn't killing Chachamim. It was Gavaldik, so they said, don't worry, you're one of us. Nice gesture, bad Haskama. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be king, and he didn't have a status of a king. Here, the Yashami is saying, these people are still in Bayas Rishon. We still have ways to go. And, and that says, in Eretz Yisrael, it took over, and they killed the former monarch. Well, that wasn't the problem. Amri did that, and Yehu did that, and Yishami says, there's still the status of a king. These people didn't. And Satmarov feels that these people today certainly don't. Okay. But whether you can make Chilukim or not, not our subject today, but uh, certainly the Yishami gives us an insight into the last part of Malach Bays, which we're on now, and we're so used to seeing this in terms of Melech, uh, who's a Russia. And the wife is a Rishanta, and the spreading of a Razar, like, what's the Chilik? The Yashami says it's the Chilik. Let's finish the paragraph, and then we'll try to look in the Pesukim. Avamach Yisrael, Mishabadim, Lateri, Rechama, She'enu, Alpiteri, Hakal, Botul, Amuvutol, Ka'afra, Da'ara. And the British mandate, the Turks, whoever they might be, they have a right to rule based on any foreign government, not Jews. That's his Chilik. It's Mount Kriya Shemal, if anybody didn't say it. Amnam. You know, we'll finish the next paragraph, and then we'll go back to the Pesukim. Amnam, Gamba Achav, Shaila Din Melech Api Alacha, Bir Barabag, Malacham Alav, Chabbez, Rechisha Shamat, Elas Amagim, Isham. The Abag has long, long pieces and lists of things to learn from each parak. And he lists various uh, uh, possible Ta'elas from what was learned and what was done. Kasava Ta'elas, Esim Vishisha. Is that incredible? Samarav is going to quote from Rabag. It's like a needle in a haystack. And he's going to quote Ta'elus number 26. <laughs> Nobody even reads these. You know how long these Rabbags are? The Satmar Rav just shook it out of his sleeve. Ladia Sharai Lachal Adam Lamalchis. This is where Eliyahu Anavi is going to run in front of Achav to show him covered. So again, those who don't know Anavi well will say, you see, no matter how bad the guy is and what a Russia he was, you got to give him covered. You see from Eliyahu and Achav, you can't get better than Eliyahu, can't get worse than Achav. So the Yishami says slightly not so. <laughs> the Yishami says that Achav had the status of a king and Bifrat. You ever wonder why we have no Pesach Eliyahu around before Achav in any other context except after the showdown in Har Carmel when everybody said Hashem will Kim and Eliyahu then proceeded to execute the Galochim and Achav, to his credit, didn't stop him. So he was doing a little tshuva. He had something to think about. At that point, Eliyahu runs before him to show him covered to be able to further this new turning over of a leaf that Achav might do if you encourage him. The only problem is Achav's married to Zevil, and the encouragement lasted one day, and the next day Eliyahu had to run out of town. But he tried, and the Satmarov is going to point this out. Hello, Tirek Eliyahu, Shines es Masnov. He girded his loins and he got ready to run. He ran for many miles. Lorot Slufne Achov, Amnam, Chalakla Kavit Atta, Lokedamze. That Rav said, You notice he didn't do this before or after? Because Achov, even though he had a status of a king, was not doing the right thing. 
Because and he cooperated and he let Elio Anavi kill the Golochim. Got rid of all 400 of them. Now you'll wonder, uh, there's one other Raya in Tanakh where a very, very great leader was told to give covet to the Malchus even though they were Sham. Who was that? Pyro. Well, the Gadol was Meish Rabbeinu and the Melech was Pyro. So what did Pyro do? The answer is, Pyro was overall a tremendous Russia, but he didn't do anything yet. He was told to go to him mitchila and say, let my people go and we're leaving for a short trip and treat him with covet. If you remember the famous great classic song, Pyro and Pajamas in the Middle of the Night, which I'm sure has been taught to you by your children year after year at the Seder, it's not very bekovedik when somebody comes looking for Meshavanu and the kids have a great time and tell him he went that way, that way, and that way, and Meshavanu doesn't open the window. So where's all the covet? Hashem told him to deal with him with covet. Covet means you invite him in, your highness, have a seat, you want to discuss something. The answer is when there was still a chance that Pyro would listen and you're starting negotiations, treat him with covet. After he proved he's a Rosh Marusha and he's never giving in, not now, not later, then you close the window and have him run around with pajamas in the middle of the night. Something I was not going to say that, so I figured I'd put that in, but that's the only, uh, the only other example. Yes? You see that um, when, when Moshe had the last conversation that Moshe has with Parah, right. this was right before, when he's warning him, He was quite annoyed. He still is giving him covenant at that point. Uh, yeah, he, yeah because that was the last warning. Parah said, don't come here again. So he said, that's it, I'm not coming here again, I'm about to leave. Like any comments, he had one more chance. He could have said, when he saw Moshe Ben was getting firm about it, he could have said, okay, okay, this is ridiculous. I don't want my kingdom to be destroyed. You know, not over till it's over. At the point where Makas Bacharis is going on and they were supposed to be leaving, Moshe Ben understood he's not supposed to be engaging in dialogue anymore. So then, open the window and say, Your Highness, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you anymore. Didn't do that. That's why I'm trying to show you that therefore he didn't have any mandate of being Mechabedim anymore. Why was he Mechabedim? Oh, you mean in the palace? He said that, that all of your Abadim will come looking for me. He didn't say, you're going to come looking for me because there still have to be some... But he was still standing there in front of him. Who slapped two? Could be. That would fit in. But, but your point is still well taken. He did make the reference to at least refer to it in... Uh, the straw man that all your avodim instead of him, but I think over there there was highly unlikely. He's still standing in front of him, and as he's saying, "That's it, I'm leaving now." There could have been one last attempt. I was once uh, was a very hush of a Galdabi Yisrael who deals with a lot of people. When you deal with a lot of people, it's 24 hours in a day, a lot of people, and sometimes you just know there comes a point in time where you can't do anything. So it has an interesting method. So I'm on the phone with somebody, and there was a lady crying and screaming, and um, it was a nebuch, and it was a long conversation, right? Nothing you could do, and I had to hang up. So what do you do? You have to hang up, and going, 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 going. You don't want to hang up on somebody. So what do you do? I don't know if you ever had this uh, issue, but this has come up. But like, you know, like an hour later, you have to hang up. There's like 100 people waiting. So his method was, he let them know, he says, I, I really apologize, there's nothing I can do, we went through this already, with like doing Chazara, 
I'm going to hang up now. As he did this, he slowly put down the phone. They say, well, how can you do that? Well, how can you not do that? We can just, you, he'll be on the phone for the next 10 hours. So that, that's the part of Shemesh, the Kabbalistic way of doing that. How, how do you do that in a nice way? There's no great way. But you can't solve all the world's problems, and sometimes there comes a point where the other party just either doesn't leave or doesn't hang up. So over here, you know, he has to leave now, and uh, he's leaving, and Pyro is not cooperating. So he says one last time, in a Bukhavadik away, you know, I'm leaving now, and uh, it's not going to be good for you. And maybe he has another 30 seconds to do something about it. But once that was lost, uh, he didn't give him the time of day. That's clear. So, first one line is Lloyd Kovod. Remember, after Novus, he came and gave him quite a Mishaberich. Didn't give him covet, he didn't deserve it. That is all from the Rabag. Akan Lashainis. So Rabag points out that yes, he deserved it when it would do something, and he was a king, and that's why he's giving him covet, but even that didn't happen all the time. As a matter of fact, it's very rare. Or started to do tshuva, was thinking about doing tshuva which he did, and Leo did it, and he let him get away with it. Loizulos, and didn't happen before or after. And the present-day situation, which unfortunately is the case. Even though you could do it with the kavana to be mavaza the markalist, you could go to Baal Bar and use it as a latrine to be mavaza them. The Gemara provides this. Person's chayiv misa if he does the avodas habekach, even though he means to be mavazit. Now halacha lemaisa, we are reading Vayel Moshe. Not everybody agrees with the tactic on the ground. The minigiz, uh, when people have appointments, uh, the minigiz, the aguda, degel, or whatever, the party they're called, have ministers and seats in the government, and they do treat each other with covered um, in the Knesset. It's always a very interesting, however that works. But, uh, you know, I have news for you, the Congress and the Senate are uh, not doing much better these days either. It used to be decorum there as well. So, uh, okay, it's lively, let's call it that, uh, contentious. But uh, there's a semblance of um, civil behavior Sometimes, so they don't join the government. His shita was, don't join, you can't engage at all. Okay, that's from a long-standing machlekes for about the last uh, 60, 70 years or so. And then we'll continue to be machlekes. And as I referred to last week, I already said too much last week because it would take hours and hours to continue the sugya, but there's a machlekes even uh, in our camp uh, exactly how to deal with the looming threats. And there are looming threats, and there are great, great dangers to the Ruchni Suklaisol out there. Um, you need a Navi, which you don't have, and a Tumim, which you don't have, but we have Gedal Yisrael, and we have to figure out what to do and how to combat this. Uh, everybody is of the same mind. We're all trying to do the same thing. The logistics on the ground and how to take care of this is uh, a big machlekes than always has been. We've got to keep the Achtus and covered for each other, at least, within the camp and for Gedal Yisrael. And if you're uh, smaller than the Gedalim who are dealing with it, uh, better not to get involved and uh, let them try to take care of it. That's the uh, long and the short of a very uh, sensitive topic. But let's go to the Pusik. Actually, it's 921. We'll go to the Peliyets. Remind me, either in a week or two, please um, check your emails to know whether there is a Shia Sunday morning. Remind me, I do want to go to the Pesukim. I have a slight hint 
to where the Yushalmi might be learning that Omri and Achav had uh, a mandate from HaKadosh Baruch, even though it's not Beferish, in the second copy you have. Uh, but it's going to take us too long, and I want to get to the Peleyites, so remind me we're up to that. Let's go to the Peleyites. Yes? Oh, he's not a Das Yachid. No, when, when it comes to the Shita... Shita have not joined the government? Mm, not really. There are various gradations. It's the most to the right of the, of the ways to approach it and handle it, but you can't say it's a Das Yachid. Minority view, yes, which is why the Shiva world, the, uh, most of the Rosh is held. Now that it's here, you've got to join or else it's going to be worse. And he held that joining in any form is absolutely yasser. So, and there it's a minority opinion, yes. But uh, again, that's, an, that's already an old machlokes because it is what it is for the last since the first Knesset. Now the machlokes is taking a uh, different form because there's a different problem on the ground, and the question is uh, how to how to deal with it. And now maybe it's uh, would still be a minority opinion. It's not as minority as it was before. The question is where the majority is. I'm not getting involved. I said I'm not getting involved last week, and uh, still had well-intending people. Ask uh, if we're taking a position. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, so, uh, but it's not. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're, you're probably missing information. That's why you're asking what exactly I'm referring to. So I'll, I'll fill you in. No, not at all. He's a, he's a big enough zebra. He's certainly uh, entitled to an opinion. He has his own, um, you know, and those and those who are following his kulos and his chumras and else should be should be following that, which they do. It's not, uh, but yes, it is. Is it in the minority? It's certainly the general approach was, but it's important to know it's not a minority. Like you don't even have to understand the shita. That's the difference, and it has nothing to do with this. I will say, Barab, nothing to do with uh, the six people that belong to Naturi Karta who stand next to Palestinian murderers and go to Iran. There's uh, no shaykhs whatsoever, and people confuse it too. No shaykhs. That's that's dangerous. That's a shaykh of uh, of a redif. No, no, no shaykhs. Yeah. Malucha is absolutely. It's not democratic. It's a theocracy. And it's not a monarchy. The monarchy. And the old style, good old fashioned, ruthless monarchs just did whatever they want on any given day and it would change on a whim. Uh, the Malucha of Yisrael has really very little power in the hands of the king. It's completely in the hands of Shochan Aruch, interpreted by the Sanhedrin. Uh, when power gets, uh, gets uh, very uh, centrally located, absolute power will corrupt, and the Eitzahar for Avarazar was something we can't even imagine, and that's why we're dealing with an Achav who took things into his own hands or married the wrong person, and together uh, took things, I'm not blaming, uh, Achav is not blameless, the Zevil did a lot of damage. That was wrong, and that was not being uh, mandated by halacha. The Yisham is just pointing out that he had a status of king in the first place. I said, but Asaf, in the context of the Sahar, mm-hmm. he's, he's a point of Sahar that we can disregard the existence of a Malucha when in reality there isn't a Malucha going on now in any Yeah, he says they have no right to set up any government. Democracy doesn't exist in halacha. There, there's no Goyim can set up a democracy. That's what he performed over there. Goyim can set up a British mandate. They wanted that. That, was, that happens to be British mandate. It was not a democracy. Either was the Turkish rule or any rule before then. But democracy isn't an excuse. You have no right. Since the Torah is mechaiv you to set up a system where you're following halacha, 
And if you can't have a king right now, so then have something else, but the, the government has to be run alpi teresenu akadesha. Not only is that not being done, it's the opposite. The purpose, uh, clearly, the purpose was to not have the centrality of halachas, to have the new, the, the new Jew that is just uh, free and 21. And that's what any, uh, so you can't have that dressed up as a democracy or a monarchy or anything else for that matter. Communists wouldn't be mother either. No, Hordus uh, certainly didn't have a dinner. Hordus was the one who, unfortunately, made Agrippus to what he was. Agrippus, as good as he was, nice he was, well done he was, couldn't be king because he was from Hordus and uh, he was an Evid. Hordus killed everybody to become king and he was an Evid. He wasn't, didn't have the ichus, didn't have the character traits, and certainly wasn't. He wasn't, uh, didn't have a status of a king. That's the. he did. That was that was the end of the first paragraph. Oh. He, that was the that was the conversation so with uh, with so Baba Buta. Like uh, yeah, or, or or worse because uh, well, whatever. He, that was, he took care of that in the first paragraph. Okay, let's go to oh no, Mem Gimel in the second paragraph, which we started yesterday. Page Mem Gimel, the first part of the Pelagates. You can't dress up. Your wares and your items, you're trying to pass off on somebody for a fee. You're trying to sell. You cannot present it as something that it's not. We discussed that yesterday to pretend that this is the price and you bought it for this and therefore you have to sell it for that. Certainly besides the price exaggeration, you can't overly painted again. The used car you could paint because everybody knows that doesn't represent what's under the hood. At least they're supposed to know. But otherwise, the Gemara gives examples. You have uh, a barrel of apples and you put the delicious looking apples at the top and everything else is rotten <coughs> underneath. Or certainly, bait and switch. Some people advertise. Everybody advertises sales to get people inside the store, you want to get the traffic in. Nothing wrong with advertising, we're slashing prices on this, and then when they get in, um, you have that available, and you also try to sell them something else. That's okay. Uh, when you have nothing of the above-mentioned item advertised, this is done quite often. They say, we have a while supplies last, that means they have one. And the second person that comes in the door, they, know they don't have any intention to giving this away at all, and that's false. If it's impossible for anybody to get in the store, you said the first person get in, but that's, that's false advertising. Or this already, Amcheshish, I hate to be Malamed Schus, Amcheshish might be Mutter, but when they say 80% off, you know what that means? That means the night before, they put up a sign by the suits for about three minutes that the suit is now $900. Some people don't even do that, but this is the way it started. And then they slash it 80%, and now it's back to where it is, maybe a couple of dollars cheaper. Then everybody's running into the store, they're 80% off, how can you resist? And um, all of a sudden you wonder, like, this looks familiar, this price. I can't figure out why. They have all sorts of gimmicks and tricks, and all this was us. So now you'll say, if it becomes something that's so rampant that everybody does, that's the new language. Okay, that's what we discussed yesterday, but that's, that's sad and not always motto. Yes? So ask your son. Ask your son. We discussed it uh, yesterday. Uh, you stand a good representative. We had a long discussion on it. 
so I'll, if, he, if he doesn't remember exactly, well, I'll follow up with you, but it's going to take me too long to explain. But again, all this is called, we used to call this lying. Today, if everybody's saying the same thing and that becomes the new code word, then how much wiggle room do you have? That's uh, part of the problem and part of the discussion. Certainly, if you uh, have scales that are not accurate, it starts off at five kilo. You can't understand. I only bought six apples. Why does this weigh so much? So that's outright theft. You wonder why does the pasuk give separate uh, space to faulty scales and all sorts of other? It's all ganeva. The answer is yes. And there's an extra love for this type of ganeva because the Torah knows what the Yitzhar there is, and Torah wants you to be able to. Fight off the Yitzhar, maybe if there's seven lavim for each thing, maybe you'll listen. Shukari avol, sanui, meshukutz, chayrim, ta'eva. Enough descriptive uh, synonyms over here. Kasha anshin shalmides, yezim anshin shalarayas. The Gemara Babasa does say that in a certain way. Yitzhar is certainly as powerful. Vadai shehila titzlach. And the problem is, and this should be the antidote to be able to ward off the Yitzhar. Not only is it not good for your Elam Haba, it doesn't even work long-term by Elam Azeh. Even though it looks like all the Rishayim that are doing this have tremendous haslacha financially. Ultimately, it catches up with the person, the children. Besides the problem in the Elam Emes. Nimsa shaita ha'isa elosh yagei l'arik machala kaycha v'yam av l'bahalo liknas mekach ra l'atzma begenim. He says, first of all, you're wasting your time, and Ganem is not a good place to stay long-term, and Olam Haba is something you want to get, and you're going to lose Olam Haba and get a lot of Ganem. Number two, you're not even going to have Nachas Ba'elam Hazeh. You might see that in a year from now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now. Ultimately, those who do this will not profit, and it's all going to go down the drain. If you remember, the Baragil said this even about Mechotos of Akum, which technically had some space, Kosher Kane here, he's rigging the prices, the scales, and trying to sell things that are really not worth anything. And um, it's Ganeva with multiple Lavim, and his point is, think of your Elam Hazeh, you're not going to enjoy it too much, and that's even before you start discussing the important Elam Haba issue. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we'll uh, continue next time. Yes. I have a share once uh, uh, saying that uh, yeah, there are those that